disaster? Yes. This is, however, not going to be solved overnight. There are things that we need to do, especially since there was a system in place previously before the last administration to allow us to process these kids in their country of origin. That was dismantled. We have to reconstruct it. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, we, we have senior administration officials right now in Mexico and Guatemala also dealing with in addition to what needs to happen at the border. Will you and the president be going down to the border anytime soon? At some point, absolutely, we will go down to the border, and I've been down to the border. Um, and, and, and our Secretary of the Homeland Security, Alex Mayorkas, has been down there twice. Senior administration yes. officials have been down there. And yes, we will go. But the reality also is that, in addition to the border, um, we also need to deal with the root causes. Yes. We need to deal with what's happening in the Northern Triangle we, and, ad- and address it in a way that is about not only diplomacy, but bringing our allies together, dealing with, um, with what we need to do around aid in a way that is about developing those countries so that we also deal with the cause of why people are coming into our country. That's a long-term proposition. In the meantime, there are 500 500 children. But we can't give up on that. Understood, but there are 500 children a day, and we don't have enough housing already who are crossing. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Kamala Harris, why don't you do your job and go to the border? She's not interested in going to the border. She has not been to the border. One time she laughed it off, and then in another interview, she says it's a political thing. She's not even going to go there. It's not a political thing. It's called doing your job. You were given that task over a month ago, and you have yet to go visit the border to see for yourself the mess that you have created. Now, you want to blame it on the Trump administration, Big shocker there. They always, that's their go-to move. Let's blame Trump for everything. And so we don't have a fault in anything. (laughs) Trump's policy kept the border safe, kept people out. The wall construction worked. It actually worked so well that you stupid people decided real quietly, you're going to start constructing it again because you're getting such heat for the condition of the border right now. What do you have going on on the border? Obviously, all your facilities are overfilled. We've talked about that. Everybody talks about that. I mean, it's gotten to the point where I think I heard a report last week that one of the facilities was over 2,000% filled, which is just, (laughs) by any standards, beyond ridiculous. And now we're having all these reports come in about what's coming across the border, which Trump warned everybody about, but yet you guys dismantled his policies anyways, because anything that Trump does... You guys are like orange man bad. Now, in a report from Just the News, the federal government will no longer fine illegal aliens who fail to depart from the U.S. and its plans to pursue the cancellation of any currently outstanding debts for people who have previously incurred such financial penalties. In a statement from Alejandro Mayorkas, he says, I quote, There is no indication that these penalties promoted compliance with non-citizens' departure and obligations. We can enforce our immigration laws without resorting to ineffective and unnecessary punitive measures. While U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement had already stopped issuing such fines as of January 20th, 2021. Gee, what a particular day, huh? The day that President Biden was sworn into office. Two delegation orders pertaining to the collection of fines were rescinded on Friday, according to the Department of Homeland Security press release. 
Although ICE has had the authority to assess financial penalties to individuals for failing to depart for more than 20 years, the agency did not initiate enforcement of these penalties until 2018. As of January 20th, 2021, ICE ceased issuing these fines. This formalization of the Biden administration's change in direction. So not only do we have issues with the border being flooded via Biden's invitation, because he is the one that invited everybody over here. Okay, He's the open borders, bring them on down. Now we can't even fine or charge illegal immigrants who come in who don't comply with our laws. So you're breaking the law on the way in. After you break that law, we still allow you in. And then when we give you further direction on what you need to be doing, you go and break that law and we can't penalize you there either. Oh, man, this is the best border policy ever. My God, what genius cooked this one up? Oh, that's right, little Dementia Joe. In another report from the New York Post, remember, Trump was very clear about what comes across that border. Now, we all know it. Drugs, human trafficking, dangerous people. Well, the New York Post had an article. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers found 4.3 million worth of meth disguised as funky pickles. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers uncovered $4.3 million worth of methamphetamines earlier this month in a tractor trailer hauling fresh cucumber pickles. The drug, which CBP South Texas describes on Twitter as funky pickles, the long-distance hauler contained 217 pounds of contraband, Border agents in Texas seized the drugs and the truck. The case remains under investigation. So as predicted, when you invite the entire world across, people are going to take advantage of that. I mean, Biden's administration is making our country less and less safe every single day. The border is a train wreck, and that is being kind with what I'm saying. The border's a disgrace. Kamala is not doing her job. Joe Biden, as commander-in-chief to keep this country safe, is not doing his job. Both of them, based on that, should be removed from office, at least in my opinion. Now, you know, we're never going to get a fair shake with mainstream media. You're never going to hear these things. You're never going to hear that take on it, unless you watch some type of conservative media outlet. You're not going to get that. However, I do think people are starting to wake up. Uh, In a survey, newsbuster.org reported a three-to-one margin voters see news media as easier on Biden versus other presidents. They're saying that the mainstream media is 45.3% easier on Joe Biden than other presidents. It's probably way more with just Trump because I'm sure this is an average Only 13.8% said that they are harder on Joe Biden. I would like to know who those people are. How could anybody say that the media is being harder on Joe Biden than other presidents? That's a joke. First of all, he doesn't even give press conferences. And when he does, it's all scripted. So don't tell me they're being harder on him. He already knows what questions they're going to ask him. Nobody actually presses him on anything. If they treated things fairly, the border would be one of the biggest topics run nonstop he should be getting criticized for. Not to mention, look at the tax hike he's proposing right now on capital gains. 
my God, you're going to pay over 50% on capital gains. The media would be crucifying Trump if he even suggested anything close to that. I mean, you, you wonder why the stock market took a plummet last week? Yeah, when you tell people you're going to lose half of what you just made, they're not going to be real happy about that. So if they were going to be harder on them, <laughs> you would think these are some of the highlights that are being brought out in those supposed press conferences. But they're not going to. Mainstream media is a propaganda arm of the left, and they have no interest in being fair and balanced. So that's that. Kamala Harris, she sucks at the border. Joe Biden, he sucks at being president. It's pretty much where we are. There was a news story that broke from Yahoo News about the post office. I don't know how many people saw this. I heard a little bit about it and then went and looked it up for myself. Uh, Scary stuff. I got to be honest with you. The United States Post Office, I don't know what they're doing or what they think they're supposed to be doing. They're certainly out of bounds on this one. The post office has been around since 1775, although if they keep behaving the way they're behaving, I don't see them lasting a whole lot longer. We're going to have to see how that goes. In the article from Yahoo News, the Postal Service is running a covert operations program that monitors American social media posts. The detail of the surveillance effort, known as ICOP, or Internet Covert Operations Program, have not previously been made public. The work involves having analysis thought through social media sites to look for what the document describes as inflammatory postings and then sharing that information across government agencies. Analysis with the United States Postal Inspection Services Internet Covert Operations Program monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021, says the March 16th government bulletin. Marked as law enforcement sensitive and distributed through the Department of Homeland Security's Fusion Center, locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms to include right-wing-leaning parlor and telegram accounts. A number of groups were expected to gather in cities around the globe on March 20th as part of a worldwide rally for freedom and democracy to protest everything from lockdown measures to 5G. Parlor users have commented about their intent to use the rallies to engage in violence. The bulletin includes screenshots of posts about protests from Facebook, Parlor, Telegram, and other social media sites. Individuals mentioned by name include one alleged Proud Boy and several others whose identifying details were included. First of all, What in the world does the post office think that it's doing spying on citizens, not only domestic here in the United States, but around the globe? Okay, that's number one. Number two, are there any legal ramifications that can take place because of this stupid move that they decided to do? I can't believe that in these days and times, places like the post office take it upon themselves to spy upon us. Why don't they try focusing their time and effort on actually getting their packages to people on time? Because they're not real great. Even though they've had, what, over 200 years 
to deliver packages, they're definitely not the best in the industry by far. So maybe they should stop messing around spying on people and spend a little bit more time getting people's packages to where they need to be on time and in good condition. Also, this brings me right back to the 2020 election. During the election, you know we had all those problems. In New Jersey, you had 99 ballots thrown away. Doesn't seem like much, but depends. Was it happening all over the country? Kentucky was 111 that got dumped. Again, seems like a small number. Once you start adding them up, you're already at 200 votes. Uh, You got burnt ballot boxes in Boston and Los Angeles. Got West Virginia that had problems. So when you start adding everything up, not everything's always crystal clear right off the rip. I mean, we all knew mail-in was going to be a disastrous one way or the other because of the lack of efficiency of the post office. That's number one. Now, number two, seeing what we're doing here, they're all working together. You start seeing all the problems that we had during the election. Okay, that's another piece of the puzzle. Another one I had a problem with, if you request a ballot, your party affiliation is on the outside of the envelope. Well, people are fighting to say, hey, we don't want to see the party affiliation on the outside. Just send the envelopes anonymously, and then that way, when you mail it back, it's anonymous. So nobody knows what party you represent when you're casting your vote. I would have to say that's probably never more important than it is right at this moment. Because look what they're doing. All the stuff they got caught on during the election, now we're finding out that they're spying on us, and it is a right-leaning thing. You can't deny it. It's in the article itself. They admit it themselves. Who are they going after the most? Like I said, Parler, Telegram. So that's more right-leaning than it is a left-leaning site. I wouldn't want my party affiliation on the outside of that envelope. Best way to combat that, obviously, is to vote in person. But there's a lot of states that, you know, the majority of voting is done through the mail. So I certainly, if I lived in those states, wouldn't want my party affiliation on the outside of the envelope. I would actually be calling my congressman and telling them, hey, they need to do something about this and put this bill in order before the next election cycle. Because it does leave you to wonder, since it appears that the left and the post office are in bed together, what's going to happen to your ballots? Are they going to just chuck them? They're going to dump them? They're just getting a little more savvy so they don't get caught this time? It's too coincidental, everything that's happened, and then something like this gets leaked about the post office. It makes you wonder. If I was you, reach out to your congressman, something to pay attention to. Like I said, I, I heard a few people talk about this. I wanted to talk about it myself because it, it's a scary thing that they're watching you on social media. They're watching what you say, what you do, and they're going to hide under the disguise that they're doing a good thing. They're trying to stop violence. Oh, we're trying to do this or trying to do that. Let me tell you something. Spying on somebody is spying on somebody, period, the end. You should not be doing it. And unless you have a legal reason to do it, backed by the court system, you shouldn't be spying on people and keeping tabs on what people say and do. Because there's a lot of people that say stupid things when they're blowing off steam doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. It is at Yahoo News if you want to read the article in its entirety. We're getting to a point now where we're just not safe anywhere. <laughs> you know the song by Roswell, I Always Feel Like Someone's Watching Me? <laughs> that's where we're, we're starting to go with all the crazy stuff that's going on nowadays. Uh, you know another problem that America has is virtue signaling. I don't know how many of you uh, know about PragerU. I'm sure if you're conservative, most do, but there are some people that don't. If you don't, it's a great place. It's got a lot of conservative videos. They debunk a lot of stuff. Uh, really give you a lot of 
knowledge on how to combat a lot of this nonsense that comes at you. They put out a great video on virtue signaling. I wanted you guys to listen to it. Here it is. So during COVID, I noticed that everyone's primal fears were being triggered. And I started on social media seeing this story of persecution of black people in our country. And I was like, how did I miss this? Like, this was supposed to be existing this whole time. Was I not listening? And I was reactive. And I think my primal fear was tapped into feeling like I missed something, right? I want to help. I want to be a part of. I want to support. You know, that it is true. There's not a lot of black people in my industry. Why is that? Is it because of systemic racism? And you start sort of questioning things through a narrative that's being thrown at you through social media. And you become on this hamster wheel, right? And it's post a black square. Don't post a black square. You should have posted with this. Do use this hashtag. Don't use this hashtag. And you're like, I just want to do the right thing, you know? And you get into this mania of like showing up at the march and then wait we shouldn't be there because covid and then but you don't care you're supposed to be silent as a white person you you don't say anything you just listen and and there was this moment where i signed my name onto a change.org petition to get someone out of prison who had no idea what they had done i didn't know the evidence i didn't look into any of his history or story and i and i i wrote my name to get him out and i was like this is not right this there's no thinking going on and none of it made sense, but it was enough for me to question the narrative. And once I started looking outside and seeing the destruction and now this whole defund the, the police movement, like the people that are hurting the, the most are the same people that you pretend to be caring for. Black communities, minority communities, they're the ones who are now getting the police men and women ripped out of there by cutting the funding of their departments. Like the crime is going up. Do you actually care what's going on? Our, our streets are on fire. Why isn't anyone saying anything? And I kept looking around, lo waiting for someone to be like, hey, this is weird, guys. Let's just take a moment. And no one was. And I felt like I had to do it. I kept calling my dad and saying, this is wrong. Like, what, what's happening is wrong. I really feel compelled to say something. And as you know, my dad's raised me since I was five years old to be this warrior and I had to speak out and he encouraged me to do just that and my only regret through all of this is not having done it sooner. The night that I came out and put a video up that evening it was all the way in the UK and it immediately went around like a wildfire on the internet and was on every sort of like rag mag platform Perez Hilton and every other one saying that I was you know a white out of touch privilege has been what whatever all these things that I knew were going to be coming at me um interestingly my inbox was filled from messages of agents thanking me for speaking out and that they could never do that and that they wish they could that was Samari Armstrong with PragerU and truly what she says resonates with lots of people because it makes sense. A lot of times, if you don't pay attention, you think you're doing the right thing. You think you're helping the situation, but like, oh yeah, man, you're right. That's messed up. We got to do something about it. Yeah. Sign to get this guy out of jail. Like she said, well, what do you know about the guy? What do you know about his crime? What did he do? You didn't check into it. You just signed onto it. Why? What I do here, I see things my way. 
I express how I see things, and people may like what I have to say, they may not, but I'm certainly not going to hold my tongue or just go with the mainstream just because it's the hip thing to do or it's because that's the way the left wants me to do it. Uh, virtual signaling is dangerous. Let's say you, you really do have a compassion for the black community and what they're going through. The ideas that the left is giving you is not helping them. It's hurting them. Defunding police and pulling them out of their neighborhoods means their crime rate is going to skyrocket and they are less safe. Uh, school choice. The left doesn't agree with school choice. Why not? Wouldn't it be better to take these kids and let them get an education wherever they can so maybe their parents, they may live in a bad situation because they may not make a lot of money and maybe they're in a rough area, but if they had an opportunity to put their kids in a better school so their child would get a higher education and make something of himself in the future, why would you be against that if you claim to love them so much? You can't substitute compassion with ignorance or virtue signaling. That doesn't help anybody. Weakness never helps anything. Strength. Look through history, throughout the test of time. Weakness has never won anything. It has never accomplished anything. It is only through strength that we have ever become what we are. Black people don't need you to pity them and look down on them. As a matter of fact, if I was black and you pitied me and looked down on me because I was black, that would piss me off even more. Ultimately, I'd tell you you're a racist to your face because you think because of my skin color, I can't just make it on my own. It doesn't even make sense, which makes about as much sense as virtue signaling. I thought that would be some fun food for thought at the end of the podcast. So I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, let some people know about me. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. You can follow me on my preferred social media app, which is Parlor, regardless of what the post office thinks about it, at Joe Little. I also do post my podcast at Twitter, at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N, Clout Hub, Little Joe's CC, and Gab, Little Joe's Corner. Otherwise, have an awesome Tuesday. Tuesday.